Welcome to The Next Big Question, a podcast with senior business leaders sharing their vision for tomorrow. Brought to you by Evanta, a Gartner company. Each episode features a question with C-suite executives about the future of their roles, organizations, and industries. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Liz Ramey. Now let's hear what today's next big question is. In this episode of The Next Big Question, Angela Williams, Chief Information Security Officer at UL Solutions, joins me to discuss how boards need to shift their level of expertise in order to meet the inevitable regulations of the SEC. These regulations will require board oversight and reporting of risk and attack details. Angela offers her thoughts on how to prepare, what questions the board should ask their CISO, and what they should be listening for in their response. Angela Williams, welcome to the next big question. Thank you for having me. Well, I am thrilled to have you as a guest, uh, and I want to dive dive right in. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about kind of deepening the board's understanding of cybersecurity and risk. We're talking about how enterprises have to pivot in order to meet a new SEC regulation that's going to require board oversight of cyber risks at private companies. Can you talk a little bit about this regulation, what it means for you as a CISO, and what does it mean for the board? Absolutely. The SEC requirements are pretty interesting. Um, I think for every CISO out there, we've got to become very familiar with the final ruling and how to apply those expectations to our organization. And so what was proposed um, last year versus what's being finalized now Um, There's a lot of variations to it that were not there before. The new ruling requiring companies to provide the SEC like relevant details around a cybersecurity incident, its nature, its scope, and the timing of it is a little bit more deeper than just reporting and saying we had something happen and occur. Um, I think we have to also develop a plan and processes ahead of time so that we can comply within the timeframe that the SEC is requiring information to be shared. Um, the disclosure of an incident is, is, is what you want to share, what you don't want to share can be a gray area because you don't want to give up too much information, but enough to give the SEC a confidence level that you've got it under control, you understood what occurred and when. But at the same time, it's a lot of it's proprietary information. Did you just want to keep a little more closer to the chest. So we're at this kind of uh, of point now where um, there's almost a paradigm shift, and I'll explain my, my thinking. Mm-hmm. CISOs, there's always been kind of this expectation of the CISO mm-hmm. to really understand the end-to-end business, but also have a, kind of a, a level of business acumen in order to talk to all the leaders, in order to talk to the board, without scaring them away with tech talk. Mm-hmm. Um and but it's it's not always been reciprocated. The the board or the CHRO or CMO or whatnot, they don't always have that same expectation to understand tech talk or even um, have an, a, a level of acumen for tech talk. Um, so this SEC regulation is going to kind of flip that paradigm, forcing senior leaders to really get up to speed to understand risk at a greater level and come to this kind of common understanding and language to be able mm-hmm. to make strategic decisions and actions mm-hmm. around cybersecurity. So mm-hmm. so with all of that kind of complexity built in with that shift, 
what should the first step be for boards? The first step a board member should know about is first, what are we protecting holistically? Meaning the board, of course, is aware of incidents that occur via ransomware, but the education of the board is all about what are we protecting and what are the type of, uh, I'll call them business processes that we have in place in order to protect that data. My conversations with the board is less about the tech talk. In fact, if you're talking technical terms to your board, you're in the wrong room. You need to get out that room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The board wants to understand high level, what's at risk? Why is it at risk? And what are we doing to mitigate or remediate the risk? What timelines are we uh, aligning ourselves to, to address these risks? And do you have the appropriate investment to get get your maturity from potentially uh, foundational to something in an optimized space? So the education of the board is all about uh, the board, first of all, understanding what is a risk to begin with mm-hmm. and how it's actually um, defined for that organization. And then how do we articulate to the board the likelihood, the impact? to the business as a whole, financial impact. It could be operational impact. These are terms that the board can interpret and understand a lot better than the technical talk. Now, as it relates to um, our peers who are not in the security space, but more a part of our business, I think this journey will also help to improve their cyber acumen around when we talk about risk. We're talking about the same things. We're not talking two different languages. I don't, I'm not talking about what technical controls are not there or are in place, but more so along the line of what business processes could be impacted and having my business counterpart understand the risk to their business in the event of a cyber you know, incident, but making sure they have a clarity as to the scope of services that potentially will be impacted because of that incident. That's a great way of putting it. It's a great way of thinking about it as well. So what sort of benefits will the organization reap from, from this approach? I think holistically, we'll all be singing out of the same hymn book. Uh, the CISO shows up to the to the table and everyone looks at the CISO to explain it all, to talk about risk management, to potentially talk about you know controls and services that need to be enabled or supported. And I think as a lot, as we go through this journey of really focusing on risk management and the CISO being more accountable to explaining a risk and the business being more engaged to understanding and being able to articulate risk for themselves, eventually this will be a, a partnership. And what I mean by that is right now the security department is primarily out there looking for the risk, identifying it, reporting on it. I would love to get to a place where our business partners are very comfortable to identify a risk and report on it versus just assuming that security team is monitoring everything and has the the visibility across the entire board. There's a lot of operational or business risk that may not pop up on someone's monitor, but it's really how we function as an organization. So educating the business of how to better assess and determine where risk lies and then partner with the security team to help vet that out and make sure that we're aligned. So over time, I really see this becoming more of a partnership between the security department and the line of business. So at the at the very beginning of our conversation, you were talking about how it's important for CISOs to really educate themselves on some of the uh, details of the regulations right now. 
um, because they've changed from the proposed ones last year. Um, and so I'm, I'm just curious, you know, thinking about that, the, the details that you're going to have to provide, the plan you're going to have to provide, how will the SEC be able to manage and regulate these new expectations? That is a great question. Um, when regulatory requirements come out, um, especially when they're new, there's not a lot of clarity as to how that will be governed and managed. Right now, I, I will assume that it's all self-reporting, right? They're mm-hmm. going to depend on companies to, uh, to, to share when a particular incident has occurred, especially if it's a, it has to be a material incident, defining what that really looks like, being able to um, articulate the... Um, exposure level and the impact. But when it comes to how will they make sure that each organization is very transparent about that, I'm not necessarily clear quite yet as to how they plan to do that. I would assume somewhere down the line, there will be fines and penalties if you're not reporting, but I just, I'm not clear yet on how they would uh, govern that outside of you, you know, of course, sharing that you've had an incident, which you should, because that's just what we're supposed to do. Right, right. Even defining material incident, right? Because, you know, money, you know, that seems material, but we're at an age where data is is really a commodity. commodity. It's currency. So are they seeing that that as as a material incident? It should be. You know, and again, that material, quote unquote, is going to take a little time for everybody to settle in and figure out what that means for them. Because you're right, there's so many complexities to what you can consider material. But then also they added a layer of complexity regarding uh, the incident had to be um, a series, could be a series of different events that all were either the same attacker uh, approaching you as an organization or multiple attackers identifying the same vulnerability within your organization. And so putting all this Rubik's Cube together as to what pans out to be material, it, we have a lot to work to do in this space. We need to think about what that may look like for us as an organization and then create a process so that we can defend that approach that we decide to take. So what will organizations have to lose if they can't pivot or don't pivot uh, and and they can't meet these expectations. This is where I think um, the SEC will double click in in those organizations who cannot comply with this requirement. Um, it will impact an organization's ability to um, do business. Possibly, I don't know what type of fines or or, or regulatory uh, uh, fees may be p- impacted. But I think about it from. Um, when HIPAA came out and the government decided that if you, when you report a reportable data breach in the, in the healthcare space, that you were penalized. You were penalized for not uh, reporting in a timely fashion. You were penalized for how many records were exposed. And then, of course, the brand is impacted. And so I think organizations who can't pivot to this new regulatory requirement uh, from the SEC may uh, end up having some similar type of experiences as other requirements or regulatory requirements have, have kind of panned out throughout the years. What does the future board look like? Will these new kind of regulations influence or shape that? Yes. So the board, I think, will continue to increase their understanding of what are the cyber risks that, that they should be aware of and how they need to improve the governance of a cybersecurity program over the next few years. I believe the board's confidence in the organization's ability 
to effectively respond to material significant cyber breaches will increase. Um, and then I think there'll be a small percentage of recruiting of cybersecurity savvy directors mm-hmm. to help provide some diversity uh, within that board makeup. From a perspective of a CISO, what sort of questions should the board be asking in order to build a meaningful understanding of risk and security? What should they be asking you? Great question. When I present in front of the board, I ask myself, what should my board be asking? I try to provide the answers before they ask it, even if they didn't know to ask it. Uh But (laughs) first and foremost, if you're on a board, I would ask, do you even have a CISO? Sometimes the CISO Mm -hmm. does not report into the board from a presentation perspective. Sometimes it's the CIO. I fortunately get to report in front of this uh, board. So they definitely know they have a CISO. So that would be one of the first questions to have. Or I understand who's accountable for the cybersecurity program as a whole. Um, The other thing I would think the board should be asking is, uh, what is the organization's current risk profile or threats to the business? Lay out the landscape. You know, we talk about the threat landscape is evolving. And that sounds super big. Narrow it down for the board to know what is impactful or could be impactful to this particular organization based upon the industry that you sit in. That would be helpful for the board to get that information. Um, the Another questions the board can understand, because to build a, a good governance model, you got to understand what playbook are we holding ourselves accountable to, which is what cybersecurity framework is that organization aligned to? And that helps set the, the tone as to how we're measuring progress and what we're going to measure ourselves against um, from a people, process, and technology perspective. Other questions I think the board should be aware of is the balance of of funds and investment within the security program. Mm I am not a fan of throwing a lot of money at one time into security because the company may not be able to make the changes as fast as you may have dollars available to you. So there's a balancing act of how much change can you actually uh, invoke within a period of time. But there is a balance of investment necessary to actually evolve the program and making sure that we have the appropriate uh, governance controls in place. Um, And then I think the board should make sure that they are reviewing and receiving meaningful metrics, meaningful updates on an ongoing basis to give uh, a little more insight of the risks that are imposed, the the greatest risk to the organization as a a whole. If they're not getting meaningful metrics or reporting at a very high level, it's hard to govern what you just don't know. And Mm -hmm. that's where the CISO's job is to deliver that picture. Here's where we are from a threat landscape. This is what's on our our radar or on the headwinds. Here are the things we're doing to mitigate these risks. And here's where we feel our risk profile sits today. So on the inverse here, right? So here's these questions they should be asking. And then you as a CISO, you provide answers. What sort of answers should they be looking for? And, and could you also, if you can, dig into, should there, are there anything, any answers that would be given to them that they should maybe cause an alarm? That's a good question. So the answers they should be listening for should be directed back to the question that was asked. So mm-hmm. I just listed a couple questions that the board should be asking. Mm-hmm. Those answers to those questions should be pretty direct. It shouldn't be covered with a lot of... Um, fanfare, but be really point and direct to what the board needs to hear and understand. Uh, Risk management is all about 
shooting the um, setting the tone that cyber resiliency is where you are striving to be. Will not be cyber perfect, but you should be cyber resilient as best as possible. And so, answers that the board should listen for are what are the things that this organization is doing to identify risk within the environment or identify threats within the environment. Those could be processes that they're following. It could be solutions that they've implemented, but it should give the board a level of insight, not to the technical level, but a level of insight that there are processes in place or guardrails in place to at least identify risks and threats all the way through how well are we able to recover. Um, I walk my board through more of a NIST maturity framework, keeping it really, really simple for them. And the answers I try to um, provide them lead back to one of those categories. Is it do, what, what is our ability to identify? Hear what we're doing. What are we doing to protect? What are we doing to detect? What are we doing to respond? How, how good are we at recovering? And by anchoring them around some key uh, terms that they are, are they, that resonate with them and they can understand, when you start to respond to these questions, they can draw the, the, the dots back to one of those categories to having a higher level of confidence that the program is holistic and comprehensive. I, lo- I love a good framework. <laughs> <laughs> it's very helpful. This was so insightful. And now we're going to get to kind of the end of, of the podcast. Um, and, and I get to ask you a question that was posed by my last guest. Um, his name was Kevin Bates, and he's the chief data officer at Fannie Mae. And, um, and he asks this question. It's a little off topic. Um, from what you and I were talking about. but mm-hmm. So he said, instead of thinking only about generative AI, how are you as a C-level leader preparing your organization for game-changing technologies and tools? So he, and he's asking this, not, not from a technical or even a risk standpoint, but how are you preparing for these kind of massive disruptive changes in terms of communication, opportunity identification, and change strategies? My first go-to is always to understand what's our business strategy, because that is our North Star for how we as an organization exist, why we exist, who we serve. And so when it comes to game changers and technology or tools that are coming out that are just going to change the world... I first try to keep an eye on what is our overarching strategy from a business perspective. And my goal is to align all the things that I can potentially do to support that business. And if I can leverage massive game changer technologies to do it or tool sets that can do it, then I I can have a, a case as to why I want to go in that direction. But I make sure that I'm not leading with technology. I'm more leading with a business um plan or strategy that I understand for how we, you know, profit, how we serve our customers, how we continue to be a leader in the safety science and security field for UL solutions. And so um, AI comes out, everybody wants to use AI, get it. Um, Think about cloud came out, everybody want to use cloud. I mean, there's so many different things that that came out and we shift automatically because it's the nice shiny Prada bag, but it doesn't necessarily mean that is the right thing to do at the right time. Yeah. So I try to keep it focused of what are we trying to deliver? What problems am I trying to solve? How does it support the business? And then if it makes sense from a, a from an economics perspective, let's try and test the waters to dive into that massive change or that new solution that possibly will be a game changer for us. 
we're going to wrap things up with with your next big question. And and I'm not going to tell you my guest. You do know that they will be a C-level officer. um, But I would love to know, like, what's the next big question that you would like to ask and that, that you think enterprises should really be focusing on and looking at in the future? AI is a huge deal right now. When ChatGPT came out, everyone started racing towards how do I use it? There were not a lot of guardrails put around it, and but there was a lot of concern as to what type of data is going in, its uh, confidentiality, et cetera, et cetera. So I would ask the question from a, a, a security perspective, in what ways should CISOs consider using AI as a part of their cybersecurity strategy in the future? It's definitely a great technology, but it needs to be managed and, and used in a way that is meaningful at the same time, reducing uh, misleading information or misleading results. But just thinking through, like, how can we use this in a very thoughtful way to actually accelerate uh, or to help improve our cybersecurity strategy in the future? Well, I'm excited to ask my next guest that question. Angela, thank you so much for for being my guest today. Um, uh, This was really great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you again for listening to The Next Big Question. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Rate and review the show so that we can continue to grow and improve. You can also visit evanta.com to explore more content and learn about how your peers are tackling questions and challenges every day. Connect, learn, and grow with Evanta, a Gartner company.